We come this morning to John chapter 17. We continue to use Jesus' own high priestly prayer as a prayer for us to pray. Not because we can pray it the exact same way that Jesus did, but because the themes, the heart behind what Jesus prays, it provides wings for our prayers to the Lord as well. We've been working through the first few verses. We've made our way to verse 6 this morning, but let me read the first five verses into verse 6 and uh, make a few comments on it that I hope will direct our prayers together. So John 17, verse 1, When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you. Isn't that what we just sang? From us to the Lord. Glorify you, O God. Since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now we'll stop there this morning. We're just taking chunks of Jesus' own high priestly prayer and considering how this ought to direct our own prayers, both privately and corporately. As we've transitioned into verse 6 in this prayer, I think a helpful way to understand what Jesus is doing here, as Jesus is rehearsing for the glory of the Father, the work of the Father in those that he has saved, what Jesus is laying out for us is a picture of what a true Christian is. And when we have opportunity to focus upon the work of God in the life of a soul and his work of transformation in the life of a believer, oh, that gives us all kinds of opportunity to glorify him and to pray and to thank him, doesn't it? And so that's how we're handling it. So we're looking at last Lord's Day, we just looked at the opening words of verse 6, where Jesus says, I have manifested your name to the people you gave me out of the world. And the first thing we saw last week, a true Christian is someone to whom the character of God has been revealed. A true Christian is someone who, verse 6, has been manifest the name of God to them. They have not just a general knowledge that there is a God, but through Scripture, through the face of Christ. These are people who, whose eyes have been opened to behold God, who know not just things about Him. They know Him. And we had ample opportunity last week to just thank God, to praise God, to plead with God. Thank you for what you've already shown us of your glory. But there's more to be known. We plead for more. We're hungry for more. Well, this morning, let's continue looking at verse 6 because there's more here to what Jesus says a true believer is. A Christian is someone who, to whom the character of God has been revealed, but let's keep reading in verse 6. I have manifested your name to who? To the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. What we see here is a phrase that we've already been introduced to here in John chapter 17, and it makes its appearance all throughout the prayer. And the phrase begins in verse 2, those whom you have given me. We see it in verse 2, we see it twice in verse 6, we see it in verse 9. This is a constant theme when we've read the entirety of the passage. It's, it's unmissable. The, 
Son is praising the Father for those whom you gave me out of the world. And it's placing an emphasis on a certain action of the Father. An action of choosing a certain people out of the world for a purpose. A choosing of a certain people out of the world to save them, but not just to save them from hell, to save them unto sonship, to save them unto a relationship with the Father, now and for all eternity. I praise you that you have given me, you have chosen these out of the world for a relationship with you, for now and for all eternity. And what Jesus is celebrating is this is a monumental work. The work of salvation is clearly a divine work. It could be no other way. And we've been seeing this in John chapter 3. We're not going to just dive down deep into this because it's exactly what Jesus says to Nicodemus in in John chapter 3. You must be born by God from above. Why? The reason is we are by nature dead in sin and trespasses. We're in bondage to the world. We're in bondage to the world's way of thinking. We live by nature with a hatred and enmity, a resistance to God. And if anyone's going to enter into an eternal relationship with the Father, it's not going to be because we who hate the Father (laughs) choose the Father. And that's what Jesus is praising. (laughs) We praise you, I glorify you. You have given me these out of the world, out of the world system of hatred to you. And you have given them to me, to us, through my cross work, into a relationship with you. Now, we see this all throughout John 17. We see it all throughout the Bible. It is an undeniable reality that sometimes we're uncomfortable with. An undeniable reality that God chooses a certain people for himself. God chose Abraham, not Pharaoh. God chose Isaac, not Ishmael. God chose Jacob, not Esau, and on and on and on, which plays right into the storyline of the Bible. You have constantly two lines of humanity, seed of the woman and seed of the servant. And the seed of the woman, seed of Christ, are not seed of Christ as opposed to seed of the woman, seed of the world, because they're better. It's only because God stripped them out of the world and created a whole other line by grace. And said, these are my people. I've claimed them to myself. I'm purchasing them through Jesus Christ. And Paul gives a reason why uh, God does this in Romans chapter 9. In order that God's purpose, according to his choice, might stand. Not of works, but because of him who calls. That we would celebrate salvation, not what we've done, but the one who has called us out of darkness into light. This morning, we see Jesus celebrating this aspect of God's glory, that he's an electing God, a God who in love that cannot be explained has chosen certain people out of the world who otherwise have no interest in him to live unto him and to have this eternity with him, which is what, verse 3, that they know you, the only true God, and the Christ whom you have sent. Jesus is telling us this is what a true Christian is, someone to whom the glory of God has been manifest, but secondly, a person who once was living under the bondage 
of the world in sin, letting his mind be dictated by rebellion towards God, hatred towards God. He doesn't seek after God. He has no righteousness of his own. But God, for his own glory and by his grace, has chosen them out of the world for himself. To purchase them for himself. To do everything that's necessary to make them acceptable before him. And this he does through Jesus Christ. Through the cross. Through the imputed righteousness of Christ. Christ taking the true believer's sin and guilt before God upon himself. Taking the wrath of God that the sinner would deserve. Christ took it in the place and Christ giving to the sinner his own record of right. His own record of righteousness. His own record of obedience. 